0: There is a woman who was in our church group for 39 years. For about the last 20 years that she was with us, I prayed the same thing to God concerning this woman. God, please, if I get helpless, don't ever let Sandra be in charge of me. I prayed it over and over. As I grew older, this was my constant prayer. Please don't let her be in charge of me. I'm sure that will shock you. But I want to live with the godly. I don't live with people who just say, Jesus is Lord. I want to see how they react to the Word of God, how they react to problems. There is another woman that I had observed for many years. She does all of the technical work for my books. She was a computer programmer at FedEx, and she is very able in doing work. On computers so she was very helpful to me and still is on our books when a problem arose I watched the way she dealt with the problem she turned to God and prayed and made decisions based on that the other woman showed no evidence whatsoever of doing that though she said she was a Christian One of my early encounters with the first woman is she lived in Houston and I lived in New Mexico. She told me she was very concerned and she wanted me to pray concerning her father because she was concerned that he was going to be a burden to her. He was living, I think, an assisted living at the time she asked me to pray I can't believe I prayed, but I did, because I usually would just say, well, you pray. But I'm sure I did pray. She says I prayed. He died about three days after I prayed. I didn't pray for him to die. I just prayed for him not to be a burden to Sandra. Now, why didn't she pray? Why did not she pray? Later, she moved from Houston, Texas, to Lubbock, where I was living. She said that, I, I don't, well I'm sorry, I don't know that she said God told her to move, but I never, I was shocked when she quit her job, retired, and moved to Lubbock, where I was living. I'm sure we thought this would be wonderful that she could help me. She was nothing but a burden to me. From the very beginning, she was a burden. I can give you a very concrete example, and I will give it to you, because you may have people hanging on to you as they try to get to heaven. It won't work. It just won't work. Not only will they be destroyed, but they will pull you down by their weight. After she moved to Lubbock, she bought a little house in Lubbock, and after she moved there, she called me and wanted me to help her find a light fixture for her dining room. I agreed to meet her at the lighting display shop. As I was driving to the shop, I was praying, I said, God, please help us find the light fixture quickly that we don't have to go all over town and hunt this light fixture. I walked in the door of the lighting company and I saw a fixture immediately that would work for her. But I didn't want to tell her because this is something I wanted her to find for her own house. She looked around the shop, and I was just sitting at the counter waiting for her. She came back to me in a little while, and I said, Well, did you find something that will work? And she said, No, no, I didn't. And I looked up at this fixture I'd seen the minute I came in the front door, and I said, That will work. I think that would work. And she looked at it and said, Oh, yeah, it would work. And she bought it. I didn't think much about that. Uh, I went on back to my house. She went to her house. Later, I said to her, Did you pray before we went to look at that light fixture? And she said, No, because I knew you would. She's not with us today. You cannot carry their weight. If they can't hold themselves up with God and you're trying to carry that person, you're both going to be destroyed. I told my mother one time, you can go down, but I'm not going down with you. And she kind of woke up and said, I don't want you to go down. And she straightened up. And I'm convinced she was born again. Every one of us will receive for what we have done, whether it be good or bad, at the judgment seat of Christ. That's what Paul says in Second Corinthians 5. Every one of us answer for ourselves and what we've done on this earth, whether it be good or bad. And many are going to come in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you, ye that work iniquity. That's in Matthew chapter 7. In other words, the works they did were not authored by God. They didn't turn to God for his help. They did their good works, but they didn't turn to God. I know a Catholic woman who just loved to do good works. She talked about it all the time. Another woman became ill. And this first woman came, called and asked the woman's husband, said, what can I bring you? What kind of foods can I bring you? And the husband said, nothing. We have everything we need. She said, well, that won't work. She went out and bought all these foods and took them to the door and rang the doorbell And the husband answered the door and she said, here. And he said, oh my. The work has to be authored by God for it to be a good work. In December, on December 6th, 2018, I fell at my house I lived alone at that time in Texas. I fell in the hallway on a tile floor. I broke a hip and I broke a wrist. I was at least five feet away from the telephone and I didn't have anyone scheduled to come into my house for another week or so. so. I had to get to that telephone in order to live. I began inching my way to the phone. It was terribly difficult, terribly painful. I heard a word from the Holy Spirit, you can do this. Had I not heard that word, I believe I would be dead today. But because I heard that word and believed it was the Holy Spirit and believed it was God speaking to me, I kept trying. It took four and a half hours to get from the place I was, five feet from the telephone, four and a half hours in the middle of the night. When I reached the telephone, I pulled on the cord. The telephone was on a table above my head by that time i pulled on the cord and the receiver to the phone fell and it squirted off someplace and i never saw it again but under the table there was a kindle tablet i had to get another three feet which took a long time but i finally reached the kindle tablet got it in my hand sent an email to our church group Fallen, help, send ambulance. Pam Padgett in Colorado Springs got the email. She called the police department in Lubbock, Texas, and had them send an ambulance to my house. Then Pam sent a letter, an email to all of our church group and said, It's okay, I've taken care of it. I've sent an ambulance. So that they wouldn't have to fret and respond. The ambulance workers arrived, and they got me on the gurney and rolled me through the living room to the front door to get me to the ambulance. As we passed the front door, I heard a word from the Holy Spirit. The word I heard is, You'll never see this house again. I knew that was God. They took me to the hospital where they operate it on me and in about a week they took me to rehab hospitals to stay and I was in a rehab hospital for two and a half months. In that period of time, I put the house up for sale. This churchwoman Sandra, said to me, I don't see how you can do this, putting the house up for sale. And I said, well, I heard from God I'll never see that house again. I knew she didn't understand. But something really strong happened in the hospital. Just before surgery, they came to me, a nurse came to me, to get me to sign a paper saying who would be in charge of me if I was unable to answer for myself. Sandra was standing there when the nurse brought the paper. I said to the nurse, Pam Padgett will be in charge. Sandra was very shocked. She said, but how can Pam be in charge of you? She lives in Colorado Springs, 450 miles away from where I was. Sandra lived in the same town. Well, for 20 years, I'd prayed to God, please don't let Sandra be in charge of me if anything happens to me. I'd prayed that for 20 years. I saw how she operated in life. I saw the futility of her actions. I had ample evidence. I would never want a person in charge of me who dealt the way she dealt. And I had seen Pam Padgett work And I knew she turned to God. I knew God was leading her. I wasn't going to put a person in charge of me who had no evidence at all in their life of them turning to God in prayer while they called themselves a Christian and had no evidence of being led by God. Her ways were so strange. I wouldn't put her in charge of me. If she's the last person in the world, I wouldn't put her in charge of me. How how do you feel about yourself? Uh, do you really feel that strongly? Are you going to be led and put yourself in the hands of a person that can't make decisions, godly decisions, just because they are the last piece of flesh that you can see? I think my actions showed I wasn't going to do that. One other example of this woman. She definitely heard all the messages that I wrote. She had first-hand experience with everything I've ever said. But she was so ungodly. One day she called me and said, I have dug a trench all along the back of my house. I want you to come and look at it and see what I should do with it. Well, that's crazy. It was a strip about two feet that she had dug up the grass and She wanted me to come and tell her what to do with it. I don't think I went. I don't know that I ever looked at it. I'm not going to put this type of person in charge of me. I don't care if they attend church and say they're godly. If I don't see godly action coming from them, I don't want this person in charge of me. So I put Pam Paget in charge of me. She lived 450 miles from where I was in the hospital. I was in these hospitals for two and a half months. Some very serious decisions had to be made about me. I didn't know if I would live or die. God hadn't told me, and I didn't know. Pam flew down to Lubbock. I think three or four times, to do things. And every decision she made was godly. After two and a half months, she came to Lubbock, and we flew together back to Colorado Springs, where I'm still living in her house in Colorado Springs. I couldn't do that with a person who showed no ability to communicate with God. I just couldn't do it. Can you live with the ungodly? There was a woman in Clovis, New Mexico. She was my dad's half-brother's wife, her name, Aline Boney. She attended a Baptist church almost all her life. She had a granddaughter who was having sex with different men and just kind of sleeping around all over town. I just couldn't see how Aline could let this woman into her house. Another woman said, but that's her granddaughter. I don't care who it is. I would not want to be with the ungodly. I wouldn't let them in to my house if I knew this was going on? How can you do that if you are a Christian? How can you sanction the ungodly? While I lived in Clovis, two of my neighbors, a husband and wife, who lived in the house directly behind me, became friendly with me. The husband identified himself as Jewish. He came to me one day and asked me, he said, it's going to be our wedding anniversary this coming weekend and we just don't have enough room to house the people that are coming. Could we rent one of your bedrooms? I said, no, but you can use one of my bedrooms. I would not take money for it. He said, oh, wonderful. He said, my wife's daughter and her friend need to a place to stay. I would like them to use your bedroom. Well, then it hit me, who is this friend? And I said to him, what is this friend you're talking about? And he said, oh, my wife's daughter is a lesbian and this is her lover. I said, well, I can't have that in my house. He said, well, I don't approve of it either. I said, now, if you have a married couple, uh, they can use the room. But I never heard from him again. He left my house that day, and I offered to let a married couple stay there, but I wasn't going to let lesbians stay there. This is my house. This is where I live. I'm in charge. You're in charge of where you live, aren't you? Don't trick yourself by saying, Oh, they could be saved if they're around me. No, no, that won't happen because if you have that attitude, you're not going to speak the truth of Romans chapter 1 to them, and they will not be saved. You'll be destroyed. You will be denying the Bible. Don't you know the truth about lesbians from Romans chapter 1? We didn't write Romans 1. It was written by the inspiration of God and it shows us about homosexuals and lesbians. And we simply agree with the Bible and set our path according to the Bible. Romans chapter 1 Let's look at that. Start at verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust. One toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Now that's what God has to say about homosexuals and lesbians. It is a sin. If they recognize it's a sin and they turn from the sin and they don't do this anymore, of course you... Would be around them, but you don't accept them into your house knowing that they are homosexuals or lesbians. Nor would you accept drunkards into your house, nor would you accept adulterers into your house, nor any of the other sins listed in the Bible. You just wouldn't have them in your house. One time, my cousin came to visit me, she and her husband, and their two adult-age sons. And while they were there, I learned that her son was dating a divorced woman. I took the Bible and read to him, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And I warned him that if he should marry this woman, he would be committing adultery. I don't care if they call themselves Christians or they don't call themselves Christians. If they're in my house, I will warn them. Well, it turned out that he was already sleeping with her, having sex with her, but I didn't know that. Had I known that, I would have taken stronger action even. I'm not to judge the world, and I don't mean to judge the world, but there's no way I'm going to bring it into my house. Now we're going to look at another scripture which I think justifies the direction I've chosen. John chapter 2. John chapter 2, and there's only one chapter in John chapter 2, it's just one chapter. So, begin at verse 8. Look to yourselves, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house neither bid him Godspeed. speed. For he that biddeth him God speed is partaker of his evil deeds. So the Jewish man left, left my house, and I never saw him again. Probably a year or two passed, One day, I was taking garbage out to my alley. They lived directly behind my house. Their garage backed up to my garage. I was taking garbage to my alley, and his wife was backing her car out of the garage. I threw the garbage in the dumpster, and I stopped in the alley and waved at her and she backed out and rolled her window down and I greeted her and I said, I haven't seen you in such a long time. How's Bernard? And she said, he passed away. I said, really? I'm so sorry. He died. I said, I didn't know that. She said, I want to talk with you. And I said, fine. And she said, I'll come to your house tonight and talk to you. And I said, oh, fine. So I prepared for her. I even bought a bottle of wine in case she wanted wine. I don't drink. I don't like the taste of alcohol. But I didn't mind her having a glass of wine. And I prepared cheese for her and crackers and bought those things and prepared for her. I turned my back porch light on, thinking she would probably come through the back since it's so much easier than going around to the front. I waited, and she didn't come. And about 9 o'clock at night, I finally turned the porch light off. She never did come to my house, and I never saw this woman again. And then I realized she wanted to argue with me and fight against me on the subject of lesbians. She wasn't coming in a friendly way. She was very hostile. And God spared me. And I ended up never seeing her again as I moved from Texas in 2019. I don't understand how you as a Christian can be around the darkness and be friendly with the darkness without speaking of the evil. I can't. And if you're trying to do this, I think you need to seriously consider that passage of scripture in 2 John on receiving a full reward. If you wish them well when they come to your house and they are doing these things, you become a partaker of their evil deeds. I'm also recording this message for those of you who are like I am and you don't permit them to come to your house because you can be comforted by those scriptures in 2 John. How can light participate with darkness? It can't. You try turning on the light in your bedroom. What happens to the darkness? doesn't it flee you try speaking these scriptures to someone who's living in sin what happens do they want to come around you again 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? What concord hath Christ with devils? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, if you're arguing with what I'm saying, just depart from me. This is what the Bible is saying. I can't do it. I have never been able to do this. I've never been able to be with people especially people who say they are Christians who fail to do scripture. And I constantly work on myself. And I know I could be cast away, just as Paul knew he could be cast away. And I constantly am asking God, help me, help me. Every scripture I've spoken today will be presented in writing on our blog. Go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the right-hand side of the page, you will see the podcast. Click on that, and you can pull up this recording from today. Let me get the exact title for you. Can the Godly Live with the Ungodly? I want to tell you that I've seen many people born again because I refuse to go along with ungodliness. My own mother participated in horoscopes all her life. She would go every month and buy the horoscope magazine and read it to me as I, when I was a child. After I was born again and I was visiting in her house I opened her cabinet. I had forgotten about these mugs. I had given her four mugs with horoscope Zodiac signs on it. One for my dad's birthday, one for her birthday, one for my birthday, and one for my favorite aunt's birthday. I had given her these. When I saw them that day, she was watching me. I took a garbage bag and put those Zodiac mugs in the garbage bag. And she became aware of what I was about to do. And she said, oh, no, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing with those? I want to keep those. You gave those to me. I didn't say a word. I just kept putting them in the garbage bag. I went to the alley. I broke the mugs so nobody else could use them and threw them in the garbage. I returned to my mother's house. I took a Bible, opened it to Deuteronomy 18, and read the following passage to my mother. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one, That maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord." And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee to do so. I close the Bible. I took it back into the bedroom. My mother sat there thinking about this, and when I returned to the room where she was seating, she said to me, Well, I guess we'd better not do that anymore. She was born again. She agreed with the word of God and put aside the idols. She was born again. That's what it means to be born again. I returned to Dallas where I was living at that time and I got a letter from my uncle. And he said, your mother has changed. She's really changed. After my dad died, I moved to the city where my mother was living and I lived there 18 and a half years and helped her as best I could. I probably wouldn't have done that if I didn't believe she was born again. Choices. It's about choices. Every scripture that I've read to you today will be on our blog, so go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations and you can see The scriptures on this broadcast. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.